It is now 18 minutes before 9 Central African time and welcome back to Under the Radar here on Radio Islam International. Uh, problem that uh, is obviously being acutely felt uh, by uh, you know, medical students as well as those who they are meant to serve. Uh, not all medical interns who have completed the Department of Health Internship and Community Service Program are placed for their mandatory year of community service. And uh, a reason given here from the official channels is that this is due to a shortage of funded posts in certain provinces. That's the official reason that's given. The Department of Health uh, has said that some environmental health practitioners, radiographers and physiotherapists could not be placed for the compulsory service year due to the problems with funding for these medical staff. It's obviously something uh, as, uh, you know, things go back to the full swing of things here in 2024 that uh, places a dark cloud over this particular sector as well as those that they are meant to serve. Raiz Mzanzi has uh, commented on this uh, in a statement in the past week Uh, where it uh, says that this shows the inability of government to properly manage the people's health care system. And we are now joined on the line this evening by Raizam Zansi, National Leadership Collective member, Esther Padi. I thank you so much for joining us this evening. Good evening and welcome to Radio Islam. Good evening, Abraham, and thank you so much for having me this evening. And good evening to your listeners as well. Absolutely. So this, uh, I've, I've got a statement here already, uh, the, the, the government uh, or the Department of, of Health uh, had already uh, made a very uh, confident pronouncement. This is dated the 5th of December 2023, where uh, the, the statement is titled Health, Health uh, Department of Health, that is, concludes the placement of medical interns and community service for the 2024 cycle. And here we are uh, more than a month, a month and 10 days later, and uh, the problems still persist. Uh, If you could just simplify it for us, uh, who is affected by this and what exactly are the challenges that they are facing? Yeah, thank you so much for this question. And I just want to highlight that um, indeed, uh, this is a show that uh, the Department uh, of Health, including the provincial departments, are showing serious inability truly to be able to make sure that all South Africans who deserve the dignity and quality health care of this country, uh, accessing it is going to continue to be a problem. Because and this is not a, a, an issue that is just happening for this year. It has started two, three years ago, and it has been a continuous thing that every year medical students will be told that you're going to be placed in this area or that area. A week later before their placements, they suddenly are told there's no funding. So my question is, how do we have the same problem every year and we don't have ways to intervene into making sure that The biggest problem in this country, which is to be able to solve for understaffed hospitals and clinics, do not have people to be able to be placed there physically. And yet the students who have been 
doing the courses, have studied over seven years, are ready to be placed as public uh, servants to be able to help us move forward as a country, are just sitting there left in limbo and do not have a way of where now they are going to go forward. So it's not in only them who are affected, Ibrahim. Their families are affected. You know, there's others who are even saying they were told they're going to be moved to other provinces very far away from their families. And they had to sit and adjust to that and later to be told, we can't help you. So we need to figure out what kind of ways and means do we need to do in 2024 as the elections are coming up to be able to definitely speak about how we design a program or how do we step up as South Africans to be in a journey to start thinking who really deserves to be heading these uh, departments. Because we cannot continue to be led by people who just wake up and to do their work. And their work is basically to tell people that we can't help you. So it is unfair to all South Africans, especially these medical practitioners who have been through a lot to make sure that they end the, the qualifications they have got. Indeed, and uh, we, we talk about that alternative vision a bit later on. Um, uh, obviously, the, the, the name is going to be heard much more. The posters are up on the street poles already. The manifesto launches, uh, uh, the countdown has begun for mm-hmm. Rise Mzansi. So we'd, we'd come to talk about that uh, a bit later on. You, you do mention, Esther, in the statement that 800, uh, you know, in addition to those medical intel, interns, you have also another 800 post-community service doctors who are without jobs. Now, the the frustration I can imagine people who were promised certain things and maybe had already started making logistical arrangements towards that, relocating from one area to to the next, uh, and mm. then there is reports that. This, you know, if, if it's not going to happen now, it's going to happen in a couple of months' time. It just places people's entire lives on on hold mm. uh, uh, and, and obviously financially impacts uh, the situation of their own and, and their families. What are the frustrations that you've heard firsthand from some of these uh, interns and healthcare personnel? You know, one of the main frustrations is that you, it is and say you can study um, you can study to become a medical practitioner or doctor or whatever in this country to now start to benefit uh, you are told there's no funding but when it came to COVID-19 um Doctors were uh, imported to our country. Sorry, Ibrahim, can you hear me? Hello, can you hear me? Uh, y- yes, Esther, we're still with you. Yes, sorry, sorry, I thought I, I, I had network issues. So I was saying that uh, during COVID-19, uh, our government brought in doctors from uh, Cuba to be able to take care of the COVID-19 situation we had, as we all know. And more than $170 million was spent on those doctors. And yet we still had the same issue we are having now, where we are having a lot of doctors who are misplaced and who are not even given uh, posts as promised. So we are seeing a situation whereby we continue to encourage people to go to school, 
and to also uh, um, add into us developing a South Africa that we all deserve. But when it's time for the government to play their role, they decide otherwise. And I still feel it's a very, very um, a serious excuse to say there is no funding. It can't work. And when you want to bring someone from outside, you have millions to spend on those people. So all I'm saying is that I think it is highly unfair and we cannot sit back and just look at this continuing because it's now becoming a tradition that people will always be told there's no funding and we have to sit back and relax and wait for them to decide when they want to really make sure that the health the health state of this country it's in a health position it's in a healthy it's in a healthy position if i may put it indeed indeed uh, you you also highlight then as a repercussion of this uh, how uh, how you then view the uh, National Health Insurance, NHI, and if the basics are not being managed properly, what would the likelihood of something as big and as dramatic as NHI be, uh, you know, what would the prospects of that being uh, be managed uh, successfully as well? So just expand on that for us. Yeah, the, 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 the success of it, it's, it's highly, highly, uh, limited, looking at how the state-owned entities are being run currently. And I think it will go down the same drain where ESCOM is at right now. It will go the, the, down the same drain where Transnet is at right now. Uh, and sometimes in this country, it's like some systems are created for uh, those who are in power to continue to loot people's money. And I'm talking about a simple thing right now. You have an opportunity to empower people and place them to do their work, to continue to make you look good as government. You are not doing it. And what difference will it be when now all South Africans are contributing for an NHI system that will definitely be bringing money to the coffers of wherever it will be going to for people to for for government to manage if people get access and quality access for 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 them to get a, a quality access sorry of healthcare so for me it is a very risky a thing to make right now especially because we have seen the behavior and corrupt behavior patterns of this government that is leading us right now. That anything that has to do with money, and especially that is state-owned, uh, state it tends to become a big pocket for the looters to just come and loot people's money. So we really need to reconsider these things because clearly with what we have now, we're still not winning and we are not satisfied with what we are seeing now. So when that, that when that NHI system now is it needs to be to be taken up, I, I, I doubt if we will get anywhere, but I believe with credible leaders, maybe some difference definitely we will be able to see as South Africans. Let's talk about uh, solutions and the capacity that you come to this interview with is as a member of the uh, National Leadership Collective of Rise Mzanzi. So let's start off at, at that point. Uh, the, the party, Rise Mzanzi, uh, who was obviously saying that 2024 is our 1994. Uh, it's obviously a new player on the block as we now take uh, very steady steps towards the 2024 election. Uh, people have heard of this before, I would imagine, but just a, a brief background on who exactly this party is. Um, thank you so much for that question. So Rise Zanzia, as I always say to people, it is an 
party that was created by ordinary citizens. And we always say that our mission is to help give back the power to the people and allow whatever that was promised in 1994 to be seen, to for us to see, to, to, to practicalize it 30 years later, which is this year in 2024. So basically our mission is to then say to people, we were told in 1994 that we are in a democratic country and our mission, and as the democratic state, uh, we are the government of the people by the people. But our people have never experienced what government looks like. Our people have never experienced what governing looks like. So Raizim Zanz is saying it is our time, it is our turn. This is the party of ordinary citizens, not politicians, because we are tired of sitting back and not doing anything. And our main mission is also to figure out how we solve for the credible leadership of this country, because we have experienced a pandemic when it comes to leaders in this country in high positions who are now in charge of handling the livelihood of our South African people. So Rise Mzansi is basically that movement that it's saying we want to push for a united, safe and equal South Africa in one generation because we also need to be aware that we are not fixing a problem that started yesterday, Ibrahim. We are fixing a problem that started a hundred years ago, probably. So our mission must be generational so that we can fix things a bit by bit until we get to where we can say our South Africa is what we deserve. And it is a South Africa that we feel the coming generation will be able to enjoy and not enjoy what this generation has been experiencing. And to that end, uh, you, you've spoken here particularly about uh, issues affecting the health care se- sector here in South Africa, but a uh, broader uh, audit of all the problems plaguing South Africa and your vision for being able to solve those problems is going to be released in the um, People's Manifesto, which is uh, what you're going to be launching in a couple of days' time? When exactly is that going to happen? And what should South Africa expect? And why should South Africans pay attention? Okay, thank you so much for that. Our People's Manifesto will be lo- uh, will be launched on the 20th of January. Uh, we will be at the Hatfield Arena in Pretoria. And so what I would encourage people to look up to uh, is that we are going to be outlining our priorities that were designed by the people. Hence, the manifesto is called the People's Manifesto because people came together and said, these are the ideas we have, these are the solutions we have, but our priorities for this year would be for us to deal with the government and how the state is set up and how we make it work for the people. We also need to be looking at things like climate change because it is really affecting us and we need to step up so that the future of this country can be saved. And we're also going to be looking at the issue of economy and creating jobs. But most importantly, we're not leaving the well-being of individuals families and communities in our manifesto. So people must come in and come or take a look at our manifesto after it's launched and they can also get a sense of how then we are going to design how departments in this country will be working and how we're going to source out the credible leaders who will be able to run these departments with integrity and maintain and promote the dignity of all South Africans.
Indeed, so I look forward to it and uh, the eyes of South Africans are going to be on that, as you said, on the 20th of January when Raizim Zansi will unveil what is called the People's Manifesto and uh, I guess many more engagements with uh, the likes of Raizim Zansi to occur as we get closer to the 2024 elections. I thank you so much for speaking to us this evening, Raizim Zansi, National Leadership Collective mem- Member at the party. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so very much, Mr. Musa. Thank you so much.